0: Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Investing Your Future. I'm your host, Coach Kenny, CEO of Corinda Group Corporation. I want to thank you guys for joining me for another episode. We're here every other Thursday bringing on guests and people who have improved their lives by investing in their future and have done some things to, to be able to elevate themselves. And I bring them on the show to, to help other people also elevate themselves and hopefully maybe learn from their, their situations and their, their, their endeavors. And everything they're doing so guys I want to bring on two special guests we have Kenneth Hayes and April Anderson from HK Capital Partners I want to thank you guys for joining me I appreciate you guys um, taking the time out of the day I know it's a crazy crazy life we're living right now but I appreciate the, the time you guys taking out to help us improve our lives and hopefully invest in our future uh, Kenneth is a principal partner over at HK Capital Partners and April Anderson is the chief capital officer. So these people are very knowledgeable when it comes to real estate and are doing major things. So I think everyone can learn. So grab your notebook, make sure you you know take notes because these people are gonna about to educate us on how they've gotten to where they are. Uh, Kenneth, I know you come from the IT background. You wanna start us off just giving yourself a little introduction?
1: Yeah, man, so, uh, oh, sorry about that. So, uh, local Atlanta native man, I've uh, been in IT for about 17 years, focused on uh, Cisco Technology. So I sell, sold Cisco Communications for years. Um, you name it, designed it, installed it, supported the whole shebang. Um, I, I kind of tell people, my con- I've got the Kanye West store. I st- was in college for like a year and a half, dropped out, jumped in the field and hadn't looked back since. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, Atlanta native man and go dirty birds. You know, that's what we do, you know? So uh, any Patriots fans out there, I'm sorry. But, you know, <laughs>
0: Thank you. And April, please introduce yourself. I know you come from uh, an investment background, but also raising funds. So she, she's very knowledgeable. Please introduce yourself.
2: Hi, everybody. Yes, like you said, I'm April. April Anderson. My background is um, surprisingly, I've been an entrepreneur. My background was basically in medical billing and coding, and I just got extremely fed up with it. It was just not my passion and my dream. But working with people and um, my passion of also watching money make money and leveraging um Leveraging money and leveraging people to attain goals is what I found myself to be passionate about, so I ventured into the field of multi-level marketing and I've worked with multiple multi-level marketing companies and I've built teams of 2,000, 5,000 plus people and building businesses. And so once I learned how to leverage people, leverage time, leverage money, and then Kenneth and Kyrie came along with their real estate business, I was ready to go. And I was extremely excited uh, about working with people. And teaching people the ropes to networking and leveraging yourself to obtain your goals and mm. to fundraise and raise money to invest in property and land, which is where the wealth is.
0: Mm. We're definitely going to dive heavy into that because that's one of the knowledgeable things that a lot of people don't take advantage of is learning how to leverage in terms of people, time, and money, obviously. And you guys have done it on a, on a very high level. But I know you guys come from a normal job background. I just want to kind of see... How did you get to where you are, where you're investing in real estate? I mean, Kenny, how did you start in real estate? Like, what made you start edging towards real estate? Because you came from an IT background, which is totally different from real estate.
1: Yeah. So, um, it, it's interesting. So, uh, Kyrie and I, which you'll hear Kyrie a lot. He, he's the managing partner of HK Capital. Yep. Um, we had an IT company together back in uh, 2014. So um, So, that business entrepreneurship really started back then. Uh, but my father used to talk to me about real estate and technology when I was younger, and he would always say, "Son, you know, I want you get in real estate and that sort of thing." And uh, really learn the business of technology. So I did one out of two things. I started technology, and that was my career from early 20s up till uh, here recently. And um, Kyrie and I started uh, a company called InterCloud Solutions. So we won a big federal government contract with two other um, close friends of ours, and uh, we won a big opportunity with Cisco and. We said, you know, instead of chasing opportunities in the, in the IT sector, we need to scale, we need to grow. So, um, you know, we had some things happen, and other two partners were on by their way, and Kyrie and I said, you know, let's get into real estate, and uh, he had his own real estate company, and I had my own, started with wholesaling and uh, rehabbing or prehabbing, uh, kind of the light work rehab stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, one day, me and Kyrie, uh, we decided to say, you know what? We did well together in business, so let's just form H and K Capital Partners. And ever since then, you know, 2017, we just we pushed it. We started off looking at investing in the multifamily. Uh, we had a great mentor, Vinny Chopra. Uh, mm-hmm. We learned the business, took his a mastermind, his course, and uh, you know, we just we were chasing deals down just like everybody else, and we refused to overpay for anything. And, um, you know, when we started growing the team, um, we've got, uh, I mean, it's basically a family business. So we've got April, you know, we brought April in and she says, you know, Hey, if it wasn't for her, we never would have really pursued self storage. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, we just start pushing self storage and we got our first deal done. And ever since then, we knew that was our business because it worked out.
0: Nice. Nice. That, that's, that's a great way to imagine the, the path you've taken is, is, is pretty much, you know, the. The ideal path. April, um, how did you get into real estate? Give us a little background on how you get maybe your first deal.
2: I got into real estate, um, thankfully, between Kyrie and Kenneth, because like I said, I was was in team building. Mm -hmm. And I understood the concept of leveraging. I understood the concept of uh, bringing monies together to accomplish a goal. And I also loved residual and passive passive residual income. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure how to get into real estate. And Kyrie came along and he explained, and he was like, we can use your talents for networking and bringing in investors, and I can show you the ropes. And that's exactly what they did. And I was so excited about it because it's something I always wanted to do, but I didn't actually have a doorway in. And they gave me all the literature, all the information, said read, study, let's do this. So mm. I, I teamed up. Mm. I teamed up with people that were strong in one area where I was weak, and I'm strong in one area where they were weak, and we made a great team, and, and we're just going for it.
0: Yes, that's, that's a great point um, you guys can take from from April and Kenneth, they, they teamed up because they knew each other's strengths and were able to, you know, multiply those skills because they brought each other's strengths and put them together to be able to launch HK Partners, Capital Partners, and also they get the advantage of leverage because everyone brings their skill set and hopefully hides their, you know, their weaknesses but is able to still bring something to the table. And guys, nothing wrong with partnering people. I've partnered with so many people also just to grow myself and also get with people that are much stronger for me. Let's say for me, I, I'm, I'm not really a numbers guy. I mean, I'm a numbers guy, but I, I hate like bookkeeping, accounting, all that stuff. And I'd bring on somebody who's very analytical. Same, Absolutely. Exactly. So you guys understand that's a great tool and great tip from uh, April is partner with people that maybe are in real estate, that you maybe can use their skill set or they can use your, your skill set hopefully build something like these guys have built here um great stuff guys i want to talk about before we get deep into real estate um, my my audience is really a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people who are maybe have their first deal or have now you got their first deal um, but the biggest thing that we always preach is financial literacy i just want to um, you guys give us like maybe a quick 30 seconds on how important financial literacy first of all got you where you are but also just to to, to, to be able to excel and improve yourselves and your business Tell us a little bit about how you got to your financial literacy, and also how important it is for your business. So I, I think for,
1: uh, it's one of those things where you know, growing up, you know, you were always taught, you know, "Hey, you got to go get a job, you got to uh, get a college career, or college degree, and, you know, in order to make money and that sort of thing, and, and to be successful." And uh, really understanding how the world really works. Um, most of the successful entrepreneurs out there are folks didn't finish uh, college. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sorry, y'all. Sorry
2: about that. It's
0: okay. Kenneth has a newborn also, so he's... Yeah, yeah. Let's,
1: let me... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, that, that's actually... That's why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. That little cry right there is the reason why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, financial literacy is very important. I, I honestly feel like it should be placed in school curriculum. 100%. As as high school and college. Because understanding how the financial world works is the key in any aspect of business that we go into. And everybody knows that nine to fives are not guaranteed anymore. And then nine to fives, you're only, you're only causing the person that you're working for to become wealthy. So in in order for you to become wealthy, you have to understand how money works. You have to understand how credit works. Mm -hmm. You have because really in business, it's just, it's a lot of paperwork. Many people aren't even liquid. And liquid meaning cash money. Many people are working with credit. Um, Many people have trust funds and, 401ks, that we're teaching people how to turn into self-funded 401ks so that you can invest your own money. So financial literacy, it's not just important, it's actually the foundation. Or if you're going to build anything for yourself and for your family, it is the foundation to take it upon yourself to get books and to understand finances, understand credit, and understand how money works works in this country.
0: You, You know, she couldn't say it any better. I think... It's like she said, the foundation. So if you don't have a strong financial literacy background, or not even background, but at least the basics and the fundamentals, it's gonna be tough for you to succeed. I mean, Kenneth is a little busy right now, but I think he'd agree. You need some kind of financial literacy um, basics. I mean, for me, I started with a simple book like Rich Dad Poor Dad, and it- exactly
2: the book I started with.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of people started with it, and I was not aware of these things until later on, which you know kind of probably hindered my early success, but once I learned it, it was easier for me to succeed and also start a business. So um, now
2: you know it, we can teach it. Because exactly. I, I don't want my daughter to learn it late. I had to teach myself mm-hmm. assets and liabilities, what makes you money, what causes you to spend money. It is very important. Sure. What depreciate, what depreciates, and credit. So foundational study just to understand exactly how money works and how it can benefit you, how credit can benefit you, and how credit can hinder you.
0: Exactly. It's, it, we're in a borrowing, uh, you know, banking system. So you have to learn what credit is and how to make sure you have, you know, decent credit at least to get to be able to get those loans. And I want to definitely transition out to real estate specifically. Um, uh, you, well, you're more specific for fundraising and being able to build teams. Could you give us kind of a basic outline or some, something other people could follow if they want to build a strong team or if they want to um, maybe start, maybe uh, beginners who how can they learn how to be able to raise funds or be able to, you know, get gather their own capital to get started in real estate?
2: Okay. Well, then, as far as starting your own company, that will go, ba- basically, we could offshoot from where we were just talking about the financial literacy, uh, credit. Mm-hmm. Um key to any business as well is networking, um, syndication, which is what I do. Networking, putting yourself in the arena with like-minded individuals in the field that you want to go into. So if you're dealing with real estate and land, putting yourself in those arenas, different events, different podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, things of that nature, people who have already invested or understand investing or studying investing yourself so that you can explain it to people. I found it easier, not easier, but I found it a good transition for me because like I said, I was already in team building and multi-level marketing is all about building a team where you can benefit from every, like you don't benefit unless you help the person, for lack of better words, under you benefit. Mm -hmm. So once you remove the selfishness for it and understand what your purpose is and your purpose is to build and to help others, it will be extremely beneficial to you to teach, to network, to team up with good people that find great deals when numbers make sense so investors feel safe. So investors can feel as safe as possible investing with you because numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. So I found it really easy once I got a good team who understood numbers and made good deals and I introduced people, like-minded people who were interested in investing and interested in, um, like I said, changing that 401 case to self-funded and being able to take their own money that they worked hard for to invest you find like 90 people and it just becomes, um, I, I'm like, I, have, I, I have lost words, but it's just like, it's a good cycle of, um, and, and maybe you could jump in Kenneth and help me. Yeah.
1: Like a, it, it's a common goal for success overall. Right? Um, thank you. Give me the word. <laughs>
2: right.
1: right. And you know, that's part of uh, our mission. Again, I apologize. You know, I'm a, a, a little princessy, but, but um, you know, one of the, 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 the per- our purpose of this company is, uh, is for generational wealth, right, mm-hmm. you know, and as we talk uh, more and, uh, you know, as your audience, you know, uh, finds more and learns more about us, uh, you know, the, the, the whole success of this organization is for the next generation of leaders, right, um, you know, April and I are working on a program or a mentorship program right now where, uh, you know, we want to uh, uh, find kids in, in, like, the city of Atlanta or South Side of Atlanta, that sort of thing, who are interested in entrepreneurship in the first place, but you know, they they don't know how to fund their business. They don't understand how to start a business. They don't know, um, you know, to start a business, you don't really need that much. The key to your business is successful relationships. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for us coming in and you know offering an opportunity for them to get into the business of real estate, you know, we teach them the foundation of and this is how you start a business. This is how you network. This is how you talk to brokers. This is how you get funding. Because when you think about it, outside of real estate, you know you still have to have those same principles, and you still have to have those understanding, understanding the knowledge on how to start a business anyway, so it, right. it kind of works well. So you know we, you know we, we're very passionate about that. And me growing up from humble beginnings, you know I, I, was with my parents when we lost everything. We were homeless, you know. And my dad used to work for a huge airline company back in the eighties. Well, actually. 60s up to the 80s early 90s and we lost everything and you know my mom had to rebuild so you know my father told me you know i would never want you want you to put your family through what i put y'all through and ever since then at the age of 11 mm-hmm. that always stuck in the back of my mind and I, and you know with, with this whole vision and and uh what we went through you know i want to make sure that other folks don't go through what i went through mm-hmm. or what other people have going through because well, is is really knowledge
0: and relationships. At the end of the day, you just got to know what to go after. Exactly. After it, I, I mean, that's those are so many great points. I mean, one of the biggest things is real estate is a people business. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. real estate, the, first of all, the, the, there's, there's the buildings, but the buildings don't do anything if you don't anybody rent it, anybody mm-hmm. loan to it, anybody. <laughs> it's a people business. So You have to actually go meet certain people, go meet as many people as you can. Great point from Kenny and April. And if you don't, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for you to succeed. You know, it's t- um, it's going to be very tough for you. That's why we network. Actually, I met Kenneth through um, a, a call, you know, because it's, 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 you meet people and you find that you're on the, maybe on the same page or same wavelength and you actually can go together and maybe start a business and great, great, great. I feel, I, I feel like one of the most important parts I want to definitely talk about is the importance of debt because you guys have, you wouldn't be able to grow if you're just waiting for cash. So April, if you could tell us a little bit of, on how a beginner can start to be able to leverage debt and maybe leverage the credit that they have to be able to start something.
2: Well, I'm I'm, let Kenneth take that because that's where he sure. came in and helped me learn as far as leveraging debt. And when we pooled our investors together mm-hmm. and invested the money that we invested,
1: um Kenneth and Kyrie took the rain on that. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, cool. Yeah, and I am taking that. Yep. So for us, um, how we structured our first deal, uh you we know, we April and I and actually just it was entire team uh effort of you know raising that capital uh to, to get the first deal done and I think we had almost almost half a million com- soft commitments folks mm-hmm. that wanted to partner with us on the deal. And then when COVID hit, yeah. you know I, I got scared. Mm-hmm. So um Luckily, how um, for us, you know, structuring our deal, like on this deal, we did an 80-20 split. So um, we, we raised about, I think, what, 25% or, or so down on that deal. And um, um, our LPs, 80% of the equity, and twenty percent going back to the partners uh, and the management. But at the end of the day, you know, it was so important because, again, it falls back to the relationship. You know, folks, you know, saw this small little company from Atlanta and was like, okay, these guys, uh, these guys are, are small, but they're trustworthy because again, the relationship. Mm-hmm. So what we call a financing for the property, um, the existing, the former owner of the property had a relationship with the bank, a really good relationship with the bank that uh, that actually we did business with as well, and how we were able to leverage that uh, relationship to get good terms on our debt. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, it's a sm- it was a small town bank, we uh, had a great rapport with the owners, and mm-hmm. the owners vouched for us to bank, and it went well. So, and during the and during the
2: pandemic, um, quite a few of people who were interested in the beginning pulled out, yep. and so we got extremely nervous, mm-hmm. but we kept pushing mm-hmm. and we kept doing our research, and we found that during a recession or during financial hardships, when a country is in financial hardships, that self-storage investment was what four by like either third or fourth like top, in safe investment on yeah. that time. So once we shared that information, mm-hmm. did a couple of webinars, a lot more webinars for a lot more people We were able to salvage just enough investors who understood saw the vision, saw the numbers, the property came in with equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a good deal, period. Good times and bad times economically. It was a good, solid deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were able to pull it out at the beginning. At the at the last minute, and like Kenneth said, our relationship with the banks as well, um, because of the owner, we built a good relationship with the
1: owner. We were able to also get a good relationship with small bank with small town bank. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback off the equity game. I mean, when we had the property appraised, I mean the property appraised for uh, six hundred thousand, mm-hmm. right? Um, and when we financed that deal, we financed that deal. I think it was either five forty five or five sixty ish, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, winning in that with a, with a positive and in our investors, you know, year one, 11% percent cash on cash, right out the rip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, and this is going to get better and better. And as we continue to plan and grow with this, um, you know, we're going to do expansion on the property, which is going to increase the cash on cash mm-hmm. the value of the property. And you know, everybody that trusted us from the beginning are going to go with us with the long ride. You know, in this thing with the long ride. At the end of the day, so, um, you know. The the importance of of leveraging debt and and equity again, having that perfect balance, having that relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, being able to underwrite your numbers, be very conservative, being able to, um, you know, have the vision clear as day will make the deal work at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Also, I have to share this very important key
2: being patient Mm. because we went through a lot of deals. Yeah, we did. We underwrote a lot of deals before we settled on one and four one fit and worked for us and what we needed to do and what we were able to manage. So being patient, being conservative on your numbers, and being consistent.
0: Agreed. It's I mean it's so crucial. It's so crucial, you guys, I hope you guys learning from from April and Kenneth here on how to be able to first of all leverage relationships and people that you have around you to be able to get great date and great debt on great rates and locally also, but then also how to leverage um, buying deals properly. So that way you have built in equity. That way you're in, you're already winning when you come in the deal. I mean that that's excellent stuff. That's the way you should look at deals. Um, I mean, one of my mentors says you should never buy the first hundred deals. Right. Like, like, which is so crazy to think about. You're like, wait, what? He said, never buy the first hundred deals, I, I can that. which is, you know, that means you have to do analyzing. April talked about it. You have to go through a lot of deals to find that one that actually makes sense because to be honest, actually, 90, I'd say 80%, 90% of stuff out there is garbage or overpriced, you know? Yeah. So you have to figure out a way to make sure you find those gems in there. Um, and I, I appreciate that, guys, because a lot of people are buying wrong, and they end up losing and losing the property, losing their credit, losing their town payment, everything, because they decided to rush into the deal because they thought it's a great deal. Um, so you have to make sure you do your numbers. Hmm? Yeah, and to back off
1: what you were saying, I, I'm sorry, April, my bad. Um, that, that is so true, because when Kyrie and I first started the company, we literally walked through hundreds <laughs> of multifamily opportunities. When we when we start pursuing our self storage uh, ben- venture, we probably walked like how many able? I think it was like two. Okay. Of, we got this. Yeah. Oh eight. no, you talking about self storage? No,
2: we went through we went through what, 20, 20? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You so were sending you were sending NOI left and right, and what I was going to say next after that as well is pay attention to the book yes yeah. the numbers because when people are trying to get a deal sold, they will cook the books. They will yeah. add things in. We had a gentleman one time. He was, he was I had us looking at a property. He told us it was eighty or ninety percent occupied. When we when we really delved down into the books, we found out that the majority of the units he rented himself, yep. his own thing. So once he sold it to us and moved out, the occupancy would have dropped to like forty something percent. And it was just little things like that that made all the difference in the world and how you have to pay attention to detail and how you have to be patient and how you have to not be afraid to just let a deal go and move on to the next okay. one.
0: Yes, Kenny, uh, I, I only wanted to mention something also.
1: Oh, no, no. Okay. I mean, you know, like, like, like she said, you know, it was 20 something odd deals. I mean, we, we traveled different states to look at deals. Like we went from... From Georgia to Alabama, you know, we know <laughs> what really nice one in Alabama, but we'll we'll visit we still gonna get that one. Sure. You know, we still, we still, we <laughs> um and even when I would go with my wife uh, to Florida where her family is, you know, I'd go and walk fields down there too and just take a look and just, you know, see if the property makes sense for us to even, you know, go down there and look in that market as well. So, you know, I I'm you know, my team knows that, you know, I don't believe in taking time off until there's a uh, thousand versions of me, a thousand versions of April, a thousand versions of Kyrie running our business so mm. that way we can look at scaling and growing, you know, the educational side of the business and empowering folks that, you know, look like us or folks that are, you know, may may come from humble beginnings, but you know, that that's still trying to figure a way out. I would my, you know my perspective on grit is getting it done no matter what. But be smart, have a healthy balance in your life, but get it done because you have a bigger purpose in life. And that's the reason why we don't stop. Mm-hmm. We will go from state to state for a great deal. This is our visionary. is our visionary.
0: Yes, I, can, I, can, I, can hear, I can hear it. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I want to dive in deep because I know you guys are in self-storage. Um, yep. Could you give us a little bit on, on, on your tactics in terms of... You know what kind of market you guys looking for specifically? I mean, what what kind of metrics are you looking for? Are you looking for population growth? Are you looking at the competition? Could you give us a little bit in terms of what what area and specific um location that you kind of towards and which ones are, you know you stay away from?
1: Yeah, so definitely stay away from the uh metro, Atlanta, uh, the metro areas, the metro cities right now, mm-hmm. um, because again, you've got your REITs in there, like your easy storage, uh, extra space, you know, uh, you haul those sort of things. So we focus on secondary and tertiary markets. Uh, we look at populations, you know, uh, medium household income, 45,000 mm-hmm. um, know, and it depends, and it also depends on that too. I mean, you know, it depends on the numbers and how the property is performing as well. And there's an opportunity for expansion, um, but we look for uh, population growth within the last two, three years. Um, and um, really just uh, where the jobs are, you know, we as of, you know, as, as of right now, with the that's going on now, you know, we're taking a look at, you know, all right, let's, let's, how this market is recovering from the COVID cases to, um, you know, has the job growth picked up since, you know, all this stuff has happened. So there's a lot of things that go into play before we put an LOI, you know, out for a deal and go into contract now with, you know, with COVID and everything. But, um, you know, mainly just, you know, same best practices most folks use when they're looking for deals. uh, You know, we implement that as well. But, but we do take in consideration of, of the local economy there, you know, especially with this pandemic that's going on. Mm. We also, like, we also have noticed that we are enjoying
2: mom-and-pop and pop self-storage because mm-hmm. a lot of times the families are tired, they're ready to get out of it, or a husband has, and a wife is running it. Um, Kyrie and Kenneth are from IT backgrounds, so our value add is automating the place, mm. uh, taking somewhere, like our one place had a cash box, taking it and putting it online. Allowing people to pay online, or bringing in security cameras, putting up security gates. So our niche is to go into small towns. Um, we like properties that are near militaries. Like I mm-hmm. couple properties we looked at were by a military site, and one we just purchased is near military, which is very good for self storage. And we're able to go in and add value by automating them and bringing them up to date.
0: Yeah. Nice. nice. That's, that's, those are great tools, guys. You guys should use to be able to find, hopefully, your own little self-storage if you want to start. Um, great metrics in terms of population growth, certain salary, and then also you want to stay away from the high-level competition and get into the mom and pops who can maybe are you know not using the whole property correctly or maybe haven't raised their prices in a long time where you can always obviously increase that value add when you do that when you come into the property. Um, I love that I love the model man that's why I'm actually very attracted now to self storage and I'm hopefully I'm gonna talk to Kenneth in the future about it. Um, I wanted to ask because um, I know we're coming here to the end what what financial tools do you guys use um, to do let's say market research or even on the bank side? Is there certain tools you guys use that help you guys um, you know flourish through deals or source deals or maybe you know calculate future um, NOI and stuff like that is there any, any certain tools you guys use? So
1: from my planet? Uh, that's more of a, a Kyrie question. You know, he, he so Kyrie's role in the company is CFO, and uh, he handles all the underwriting, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, when we are looking at our deals, um, you know, feasibility studies are very important because mm-hmm. it gives us an overall outlook of, you know, the competition, you know, what's going to happen here in the next two or three years, you know, those type of projections. Um, you know, we rely on, you know, and, and with us being, you know, on our to fellow owner operators as well and just kind of see, you know, how how has the market been for you guys so that way we can kind of project, okay, you know, what our rates are gonna be, you know, that sort of thing. And um, just pay attention to a lot of publications. We're part of the Georgia storage Association. So, you know, we're networking with a lot of folks there. Um and really just, you know, watching the market, you know, um having broker relationships actually helps as well because they have access to CoStar and those sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you know, just it's you know we use various different tools, but um, a lot of those tools have really saved us from from buying bad deals. So I'll tell anybody, listen, relationships, you know, understanding your market, spend some time. Don't be cheap. Get the feasibility study because it will tell you exactly what's going to happen, uh, what's happened in the past, currently, and, you know, future um, predictions as well. So um, in the sub-storage business, but, you know, again, like multifamily as well, leverage your brokers. Uh, they, you know and do your own research you know drive out to the community you know mm-hmm. go around to that market you know spend a day or so out there just you know look at the competition look at the properties around you kind of get your own uh perspective
0: that's great that's, that's ex- excellent advice excellent advice i mean you guys should be doing that anyways if you want to be in the real estate game that should be your your daily hobby your daily thing which is go look at properties even properties that are out of your your certain criteria you know just to get price range and get different you know different numbers in your head so that way you can compare you know not apples to apples but maybe you know apples to oranges and see if you're getting a good value for the property you're trying to buy or maybe properties that are around the area to see if you're overpaying those are things that you should be looking at on a constant basis and i look at also and mike kenneth and uh, april always look at the numbers also make sure the numbers add up to what they are she said people are trying to rip you off by inflating the rents or inflating the occupancy which can really kill your deal when you end up buying it so make sure you do the proper feasibility studies, but also look at the books and make sure the numbers make sense. Um, thank you guys. I appreciate that. Um, just wrapping up here, any, um, any books or resources or anything that you guys want to, um, you know, that you guys use or anything you want to ex- you know extend to people that, you know, that they could use to improve themselves. Any books or references or even your mentors? I mean, any, anything that you guys suggest for people to be able to ex- excel, hopefully investing in themselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, Yeah, you, you know me and Grant we go way back so um, you know Grant still owe me a, a flight on, on that jet so yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> I, I gotta go down to Miami and uh, tell them to bring the whole team but yeah. Um, yeah for me you know one of the, the, the biggest uh most inspiring books for me uh is the four hour
0: work week um, that's first. What, um, was it opened your eyes
1: to what freedom is you know what I'm saying getting away from that nine to five and Once you understand what your passion is and you turn that to a level of entrepreneurship, um, that gives you the roadmap and the blueprint on how to be, you know, free, right? Because again, when you're working nine to five, you you almost have that bondage type of, you know, uh, um, not really type of mindset, but you're you're locked in to someone's time clock. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, having that book on that nine to five, you know, you'll you'll see that hey, this is being uh, this is taking a lot of my energy a lot of my time so you know it will motivate you to raise that scale up for that freedom and so I'll tell anybody get that book um, pay attention to podcasts like the one that you have very informative Vinny mm. um, Chopra was our multi-family mentor and we actually apply a lot of his best practice and principles even our self storage business because mm. uh, it, it's all relevant um, let's see what else uh, Grant Cardone's real estate investing book was a great book got it uh, Yep spiritual standpoint, you know, I rely on the Bible, you know, it, it, it keeps me it keeps me focused. Um, you know, and there's times where sometimes I get, I get restless, but you know, the book of Proverbs keeps me grounded, you know, and, um, I mean, that's, that's mainly it for me. I'm pretty sure there's other books, but I know those are my top. My top are how Win influence
2: people. Love it. Love it. The ABCs it. of customer service. Um, I'm dealt, because of Kyrie and Kenneth, I'm delving more into real estate reading, but i am also, I've always been a, a study of people. Yeah. And so I, I, I really love relationship building and customer service building and understanding the psyche and how to speak to people and how you can say something two different ways and bring somebody in or push somebody away. So building relationships, uh, people relationships reading and uh, self-help reading as well, self-awareness for as well. Mm yourself to understand yourself better to
1: have the books that I, I, I am drawn to. Also, too, um, Toastmasters is a great resource. Toastmasters, when you're presenting your deals, when you are talking about the business, when you're talking about uh, just anything in general, when you're selling yourself to maybe a broker or whatever, um, Toastmasters will help you unlock a lot of things about yourself you really didn't know. So if, you're, if you have fears about talking in front of people like I do, believe it or not, um, but, you know, Toastmasters is great resource to kind of get you over that barrier of being able to talk to people. So, um, highly recommend it. Um, there's, um, there's some Toastmasters uh, events that's coming up here that the whole team is going to attend uh, here soon in the near future, but I highly recommend Toastmasters.
0: Great stuff. And with
1: the Man of Babylon to that's where really we
0: go. Great books, great references, great stuff. I mean, I hope you guys are taking notes. I have all those books, and I've read them multiple times. I love the four-hour work. We love love, uh, you know, seven highly select, selective books, though. Make sure you read the ones that help you, not just the ones that just feed, you know, give you garbage. Like, you need to make sure it's something that's feeding your mind. Um, thank you, guys. I want to say thank you to April for taking the time. I want to say thank you, Kenny, from HK Capital Partners, who are doing big things down in Atlanta. I want to thank you guys. How can guys reach out to you guys? Just one last note
2: capital.net Got is our net. website um we are also uh on facebook and instagram and linkedin hk capital and we will be opening up our investor list really soon moving on to the next property so please please reach out if you're interested in learning if you're interested in investing and if you're interested in being part of a great team
0: yeah great stuff guys i thank you guys first of all guys i hope you guys took notes if you didn't take I mean, rewind and listen to this podcast again. These guys broke down on how to get banking relationships, how to build relationships and use leverage debt and other people in time to be able to grow yourselves. I mean, Kenneth is trying to grow a company with thousands of employees. April's ratings raising millions of dollars for people to be able to buy those deals. Um, guys, take the not take the time to improve yourselves by using the resources they provided you guys. From Toastmasters to books to networking to, to everything. I mean, they gave you the whole recipe. All you have to do is just implement it. Um, guys, Kenneth, I want to say thank you for your time. April, I want to thank you guys for, for your time. And guys, I hope you guys get a chance to um, do business with them. HKCapitalPartners.net. You can reach out to them. I'll put all your show notes, all your contacts in the show notes. Guys, you have a great time. I'll see you guys at the top. And Kenneth and April, thank you very much.
2: Oh, my God.